Welcome to another episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one, and soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight we're going to talk about how can you want more but do less. We have all encountered people that want everything but won't leave the couch. I know that I have. I know for a fact that in order to earn something for yourself, you must first put in some kind of work. Everyone wants that corner office lifestyle with a seasonal work ethic and have the audacity to complain about everything that passes you by or you get passed up for. So let's talk about that. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Let's let's talk about how can you want more but do less? It's it's not possible. Um it's not possible. Unless unless the more that you want is, is nothing more. It's possible to right? have that mindset but it's not possible to obtain more without doing anything. Exactly. That's that's exactly that's what I mean. That when, when you ask how can you do more or how can you have more and do and do less, it's, it's simply not possible. You know, the mindset could be there, um, and quite frankly, that mindset ex- exists for a lot of people, right? But, you know, you said something earlier to where – Everybody wants that corner office with a view. Quite frankly, nobody wants to put in that corner office kind of work. Um, and I think Absolutely. what it boils down to is sacrifice. You know, like that that guy who has that corner office, he probably doesn't even live in that city. Um, you know, he probably, his sacrifice could be, you know, staying in the city five days a week sacrificing, you know, seeing his kids off to school and seeing his wife on a nightly basis for that corner office, putting in those, you know, 12 to 14 hour days and then traveling back to his home on the weekends to be with his family. That could be his sacrifice. Mm. And see, I think that what we, what we, what we do is we like to look through the window. We, we window shop, you know, everything looks good through the window but the fact of the matter is that we don't want to put in the work to even be in that window. We don't we don't want to be, you know, looked at or, or scrutinized to the level um, of where improvement is required um, in order Uh-oh. for us to be showcased and such. Uh-oh. Sounds like, again, um, and, you know, one of my favorite words is accountability. Um, we don't want to be, be held accountable, right? So if, if if we're going to improve, that means we have to be responsible, accountable, um, teachable. Oh, that's a big one right there, teachable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you got to be willing to sacrifice, which is which is which is huge. And I'm not saying one trumps another. However, sacrifice. Uh, it might be the uh, the ace of spades if Joker's high. Indeed, it might be. 
but that's 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 the that's the that's the hardest thing for me to really to really fathom is everybody. I mean, they want what you have, but really don't know what you, you know what you do to obtain it. How you put in work, and it's kind of insulting to think that you know, in order to get such great things, that you can be mediocre. Hi. Uh, True, indeed, it is. It is a little bit insulting, but the, but the, the thing the thing is this: don't want what I have because you can't get what I have because you don't want to know how I got what I had. You don't know what mm-hmm. I lost to mm-hmm. in order to gain, right? You don't know what I had to give up in order to get. You know, there could be some things, you know, say, for instance, if, if there's a woman, a female in that corner office, there could be some things that she absolutely had to give up or put on hold in order for her to get there, such as a family or a husband. You know what I mean? Or um, kids. She may have put off, or she may have put off having kids in order to climb that corporate ladder. Um, so don't sit back and, and want her Porsche because it's paid for and don't sit back and want her two and $300 custom suits. Um, you know what I mean? Because you don't know her sacrifice. You don't know her story. You know what I mean? So when you're sitting back and you want and want and want, and, um, you don't want to give up nothing to get it. How many of us out there, honestly, like if, if, if God told you, Right now, or or if if your spirit told you right now that you know you can have all the babies you want, and you can have the husband of your dreams, if you leave this job and move to um, California, how many of us would do it? I don't know nobody who lives in California. Like, why am I moving to California? You know, like, I got to do all that just to be a man and have kids? But, see, that's the whole thing. You want, 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 but you're not willing to um, sacrifice. I heard this this uh, pastor say at one point in, in his class, he said, you know, can't put God in a box. You can't, you know, you can't lay down your wants or or state what you want and then give God the parameters to operate within. And if you gonna let him bless you, let him bless you. But don't mm. don't put him in a box. Um so that's that's what happens when we want more but want to do less. You know, it's, it's like shoot. It it just it's it's not one plus one. That's one no, I don't. I, I, I definitely don't believe it's, it's simple mathematics. Go ahead. No, I was I was saying it's not it's not simple mathematics. It, there's always a formula, and the formula isn't blanketed. It's custom for each individual. You know. Um, let's talk about the sacrifices that you're willing to make. Let's talk about, you know, um, 
your struggles to get here. Let's talk about, you know, how you had to be valedictorian in order to even get an interview. You know what I mean? Let's talk about the sacrifices. Nobody wants to hear you, the story. They just want to live the life. Exactly. Exactly. And it's and, and the unfortunate part is it's not all about that. See, it's you know, the the story has many chapters, many different levels, right? And mm-hmm. so even even though um your story may be on a steady on a steady incline, you know, like you 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 going up, you know. No one knows how your calf muscles get tight, and you actually feel like quitting. You know, nobody nobody mm. knows that even on the incline there are some bumps. You know, if you hike or what have you, and you're going up up the the side of your mountain, then you know there's some rocks falling off. You know, that's pretty steep. You know, and it and you know if you step wrong. You could you could mess up a whole lot. Um, um, so it's can't sit back and I want I want I want and not put anything in motion to go forward and get it. Absolutely, and that's and see that's really the dangerous part because. Um, Somebody gonna actually call you on it, you know. When I when I was young, my I would fix my plate, and they would say, you know, don't let your eyes be bigger than your stomach. You know, mm-hmm. you want you want all this good stuff, but you just make sure you can handle it. You better eat mm-hmm. it all because you go sit here until you eat it all. I ain't got mm-hmm. no money to waste. I ain't got no food to waste. All that good stuff. So. That's the same when it comes to to work. When you when you sit down and you want to hear my story, or you want to know how I got here, you, you, all right, make sure that you uh you can handle it, because I'm sure that along the way it, it's 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 a journey. It was a ride. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, but see, and, and then the thing is, is it's you. You're not even specific with what you want. It's I want a high paying job. I want a good job. I want a good husband. I want a big house. You know? Okay. All right. Well, cool. A good job can be a job that gives you a paycheck. A good absolutely. job can be Kroger. You know, a good yeah. job can be Kroger. Because what does Kroger have the ability to do? Hire you full-time, give you benefits, and give you a consistent, steady paycheck. That is a good job. Yeah. Right? Hey, you know especially, that. And, and quite frankly, especially when you haven't made it past eighth grade. So that's also got to be right. taken into consideration. Right. Sometimes you do okay. it yourself. Right, you know, so so there you are. You say that, I want a good job. Okay, so God gives you a good job at Kroger where you get consistent, steady paychecks, consistent, steady hours and benefits, okay? And then, and then oh, I want me a nice car. 
Okay, well, guess what? A nice car can be a Ford Escort. One yeah. owner, you know, it's only had one owner. It ain't got tons of miles on it. You may have to roll the windows down. You may not have air conditioning, but guess what? There are absolutely no mechanical issues, and it's never been in a car accident. That's a good car, right? Especially so when you're on the bus. Come on now. So, you know, it's, it's those little things. So so you get your job at Kroger and you, you go from the bus to Ford Escort, and guess what? That's, you don't even look at that as a blessing. You don't even look at that as a good job and a nice car. You know what I'm saying? So what are you, what are you measuring yourself against? Like what yep. a good job, right, a good job measured against whose job? A, a, a nice car measured against whose car? You see what I'm saying? So what is it do, yeah. you, do you really want? Um, the the really weird thing is, is from a little girl, you know, when in, in learning how to pray and develop a relationship with God, I was always told to be specific. Ask for exactly what you want. You know, put it out there. And, and it's not about walking out there putting it out to the people. Shit, the people can't give me anything mm-hmm. but a headache. You know what I mean? It's it's about me yeah. being specific in my faith and in my talks and in my prayers with God. But not only did I have to be specific in what I wanted, when he was specific with what he wanted me to do, as my good old husband say, I had to barbecue a meal do. Point blank period. Well, because it's not it's not a one way street. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I'm I'm a I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna bring my, my twin in. Um, for me, when you know, when when I ask God for something, or He He tell me what He want me to do, you know, I'm I'm a little vet, so there's no question. It's it's just Roger that or copy that, and and I go execute. I ain't got type of questions. You don't work all that out. You, you dig? So when I talk to you, that's that's the same thing. I give it to you in specifics. There's no room for you to think for yourself. There's no room for you to question. I've given you all the details. The who, what, when, where, how, and why. Now I just go execute. So with that being said, I'm going to bring in uh, my twin. Doc, what's good? What's going on, twin? Oh, man, you know what it is, man. Me and Miss Quick's in here just trying to figure out how can you want more but do less? I know, and I was listening and definitely was agreeing with everything she was saying, you know. Uh, being specific in what you're wanting and asking for. You know, you can be very general saying, I want a good job, I want a nice car, but, you know, God can bless you with just that. You know, it's a job, it's good, you got the benefit. It may not be the pay you want, but all you asked for was a good job. And, you know, so why are you mad? Why are you upset? God gave you what you asked for. You just went specific with God and what you really wanted. And I think that uh, a lot of times we're not specific in what we ask God for. We give God a blanket general term. God provides that to us, and then we're not appreciative of it. And I think if you're asking God for that, you know, hey, be appreciative of what God bless you with. 
and this time learn from what you ask God for so that next time you're more specific when you're praying for God to bless you with a better house, uh, a better car, a better job. Thank you for what you brought me to, Lord, but now I want to get to more. And that's the thing. You want more, but you got to work for it. It's not something that God is going to drop out of the sky and just hand it to you, and you just get to sit on your couch and be lazy and do nothing. Everything requires some type of effort. Everything requires some type of work on your behalf. Just like the Bible said, faith without works is dead. So you can't have faith if you don't put the work in to believe what you're saying, what you're quoting, uh, believing that God is going to provide, believing that God is going to take care of you. If you're not putting in the work to have that faith and speak that faith, then, you know, God is not going to be able to do those things for you because you're not really projecting the faith and believing in him that he can do that. And so it's all about that thing. You've got to put that work in, and no matter all aspects. And when you look at people and, like I said, hey, you see where my twin uh, quick is at. You know, see how he has what he has now. But you don't understand the journey of what he had to go through to get where he's at today. You see where he's at today, and you want that, but until you know the whole story, it'll make you say, wow, I don't know if I can handle everything you went through to get what you got right now. So that's why you always still got to be careful about what somebody else has because you don't know that person's story. You don't know what they had to go through. You just may see a smile on their face. Everything looks good in their life. They're smiling. They're going through. But you don't know the journey that they had to travel. You don't know the weight that they had to carry the burdens they had to bear throughout that process to get where they are today and be appreciative of where they are today. Um, so, like I said, everything that you do is going to require some level of work and some level of effort on your part. And along the way, be grateful of the small things. And, and I had a coworker. Um, like I, I think I talked to you on a couple of calls ago where I got a raise. They got a raise, too. They were complaining because their raise was only a thousand dollars. I'm like, you should be appreciative that you at least got that because some people probably didn't even get a raise, but they thought enough of you to give you something, and you're complaining. And it bothered me to hear him complain because I'm like, why aren't you appreciative of that? I'm like, anybody else? I was even no matter how small that they gave me a raise the other time. I was appreciative of the fact that I got blessed that God allowed them and gave me favor to give me a little something. Even though nobody else got something, God at least looked out for me and allowed me to be blessed with a little bit of something. And it bothered me to hear him complaining, oh, they only gave me $1,000. They could have gave me more than that. And I'm like, you should, you're looking at it from the wrong angle. The fact that they thought enough of you to give you something should make you be appreciative, should make you be thankful, but yet you're complaining and God can't bless you with more. God can't bless you with greater when you're complaining about the small stuff that he's giving you, the small blessing that oh. he's providing you. How can you expect to get greater when you can't appreciate the small things he's giving you now? Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that. Thank you for that, that lead into my next point. So you get no this problem. job at Kroger, and you, and you start out as a cashier. You ask for a good job. But what makes you think God will come in and make you the CEO or the president or even the store manager? you got to be oh, a good man. steward over that cashier job. And once you see that, then he could start the promotion process. So 
if you're if you're not grateful of just having this job and doing it to the best of your ability, learning along the way how to become that that department head or assistant manager or what, whatever the next level may be. How can you expect to get somewhere if you're ungrateful that you're even there? Because remember, you're still talking. You only have this eighth grade education. Now you See, you, I think you, you bought this escort. You bought this escort with that cashier job. You know what I mean? You making a couple dollars, making ends meet with this cashier job. I think that is that's that's grateful worthy. I think you should. That's worthy. Of of gratefulness, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly right. What you was about to say, Miss Quick? I was I was about to say this song comes to mind when when you say that 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 I think people like to walk around singing it, but they don't actually know what it means. Started from the bottom, then we're here. They they only mm-hmm. want to get to the here part. They don't they don't want to they don't want to dig down and see what that bottom really is. You know, so like you said, they they want to walk in the door expecting to be CEO and supervisor when, you know, you should be grateful that you even got the job anyway because there were some more overqualified or qualified applicants, but God gave you this favor. You know, people don't realize that you may not even be qualified for this good job, but because God and then point blank period, point blank period. That's why, you know, you you're in here because God and and people don't they don't stop to acknowledge that and so they don't they don't want to ever start at the bottom because I don't know why I I appreciate starting at the bottom, you know I appreciate getting to know the the ins and outs of the bottom because when I get to the top. And there is no if ands, or buts about it. It's when I get to the top, I want to be able to go to that person at the bottom and let them know that, hey, you're doing a good job. Hi, I know you're doing a good job because I've done that before. You know, yeah, or, you, you, know, you, you know, I see what you're doing. Or, you know, I see that you created an easier way to do X, Y, and Z. You know, I commend you for that. Let me go ahead and, you know, like Twin said, let me go ahead and give you a little bit of something extra because I see you working hard, you know, and I understand what it takes to do that job. Um, it makes you more appreciative when when you, I guess, work through all the, the small jobs, you know, work through all the um, not less meaningful jobs, but, you know, the, the little odds and ends jobs. Well, I think that's an opportunity for you to, to, like you said, know the ins and outs. So if I do the little odds and ends job, if I'm, you know, from groundskeeper to, you know, from the from the groundskeeper to the mail room, and from mail room to, you know, call or, or cubicle, and as I work my way up to the office, I can appreciate everybody along the way, and I can say, you know what. You deserve this raise because you've been you was doing good when you trained me to to get mm-hmm. where I'm at. You know what I mean? You, it, that's an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to look back and not forget where you've come from. Yeah. Oh, some people say forget the small people. Yeah, you know it gives you an opportunity not to forget the small people. 
Here's the That's thing it, about doc. the small people, though. Your operation uh-huh. don't run without the small people. At all. You know, at your all. your store, you know, your store can't open without the ones who come in at night and stock those shelves, who break those boxes mm-hmm. and stock those mm-hmm. shelves. Your store can't open without that. Your store, if it's not clean, how are you going to get a, a good enough rating to keep your doors open? Mm. So you 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 have to appreciate the janitors. You have to appreciate the ones mm-hmm. who come with the mops and cleaning up mess because people drop stuff all the time. Glass mm. jars, flour, you know, everything gets dropped. So somebody got to come clean that up because you're not going to make the customer do it. So, see, you have to appreciate it because it's 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 just like, I don't know, some, I don't know anything about cars, but it's just like a, a, a car, I guess, or, okay, like the sales and the battery. I didn't know batteries had multiple sales, but it's, you know, all of them work together in order to make, make sure the battery operates properly. Mm-hmm. When you have a bad sale, by the time that sale comes around in rotation, you know, if if the battery is is reliant on that one sale, your car may not crank because that that one sale is bad. But guess what? Right. You have all these other sales coming together, working to make sure your car cranks. You don't need a new mm-hmm. battery just because you got one bad sale or one sale that that's going bad or what have you. See what I'm saying? So batteries able to operate simply because they come together and make it such. It's called redundancy. It's it's, it's just like. Car insurance, you know, you got car insurance just in case. You know what I mean? You got a spare tire mm-hmm. just in case. You got a backup barber just in case. Doc, what's your thoughts? Definitely with you. Um, you know, I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, it's just about, like you said, being grateful for everything that you have and gain. And people don't want to start from the bottom. They want to fast track to get to here. They want to fast track to to get to where they want all the attention. But you got to realize it's not about you. The journey, the journey is not, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, or you're doing it just because you want the attention, you want everybody to say, I, 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 I did this, I did that. You can't do anything without somebody helping you along the way. Nobody mm-hmm. got with it got and can say that I did this. Ain't nobody helped me along the way. This is all about me. You're lying to yourself. Somebody has mm-hmm. got to help you along the way. And and the thing about it is the people who some may deem insignificant and looking at them regarding maybe their position in a company or they may not have as much education or may not have financial means of that nature. Sometimes them people that you view as insignificant can be some of the main people that can encourage, inspire, and push you to be better than you ever thought you could be. And Mm -hmm. I always took the mindset, even when I worked at my company and we were in the office, you know, I worked late. So I used to work till 7 o'clock, and by the time I'm getting ready to leave, the janitor and everything would come in there to empty the trash and make sure the office was clean for the next day. And I always spoke to them, had a conversation with them, hey, how you doing? You know, I didn't want them to feel like just because I'm in my position and I have a desk that I'm better than them. No, I spoke to them, talked to them, laughed with them, you know, made them feel just as important as anybody else because they are. And I think 
if you miss the mark and start thinking that everything is about you and start treating people like they're insignificant, you may be in a high position now, but that status, God, God can bring you down from that high horse and bring you right down back to the bottom. When you thought, when you were there, God can bring you back down to the bottom. And then you have to figure out, can you get back there? Like mm. I said, people that are proud and, and want to feel like it's all about them, pride can be a heavy fall. And them same people who are at the top, that pride can bring you all the way down to the bottom. And them people who you treated bad and people who you treated nasty, they're going to be the ones you're looking up to, wanting them to try to help you out, trying to trying to put a good word in for you. But these people do remember how you treat, always remember how you treat people. Always got to treat mm. people like you want to be treated because you just never know. That person could be the key to open up the next door for you. But because they look like they're insignificant and can never uh, do anything to you from where they are right now, don't let that fool you. Because when God's hand is on some stuff, the Bible says God can use the foolish thing to confound the wise. So don't think because you know everything that everything is always going to work in your favor and can't nobody help you and no matter the title that you have or the position that you have, anybody that's beneath you is not going to be able to to touch you or hurt you, harm you, because you feel like this position is going to protect you because that's not the case. Don't ever get to a place where you're not humble. You don't have humility. No matter how high you get, always remember the journey, and that's why the journey is so important. If you go from the bottom and go to the top and don't experience nothing along the way, you don't really ever get to learn the lessons that you need to learn to keep you at that position, to keep you at that place, to keep you humble. Because when you know the journey that you had to go through, it makes you appreciate when you get there, and it makes you want to appreciate even more to stay there. You're absolutely right. I'm going to say this, man. I was I was working this job when I was younger. This guy, it was, it was fast food, fast food joint. And this guy came in every morning early making biscuits, like just cool, just never said anything to anybody. Just did his thing, and when it was time for him to go, he clocked out and left. I didn't know that he actually owned the store. You heard what I said. He come in there every day, just like he's a regular employee. And now that I'm saying thinking about, it, I don't ever recall seeing him clock out. But he was the owner of the store. Oh, wow. Man, listen here, man. You never know. You can never look at a book and, and, and a cover and judge the book. You can never. You can. I can never ask to be put to become VP instantly of someone's business. Because just like I got it that fast, I'll lose it that fast if not faster. Because mm-hmm. I don't know the intricacies of it, like working my way up through the, through the, you know, the mail room and and all that good stuff. I, I, I have no vested interest. So especially if you won't worry about my success, because I'm too worried about my image. I'm too worried about how everybody seeing me, and then they got to call me vice president one, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's about the image and the title. 
Just quick, what you say? That's it right there. It's you know people people get this notion of you know uh, want more, want more. They don't want it for the right reason. You know, it mm-hmm. they want it so that they can compete with as uh, as like they say in the old days, keep up with the Joneses. That's what they want mm-hmm. more for, so they can so they can be. You know, I want the hottest. You know, the latest and greatest. You know, I want to go out and get me a brand new car. Guess what? I ain't got nowhere to live. I'm still living at home. Mm. You know, but so so what? You you only want to be seen in your car? Like you know, you you trying to move up a status? You know, so you you ain't going to have no get-togethers at your house. You nobody's going to ever see where you live. Um, nope. So see that that's the thing. They they don't want it for the right reason. Like I don't want no new car. I want a reliable car that can fit me and my family. Point blank here. It ain't gotta be new. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't gotta be new. But um I guess people assume that because it's it's new, the latest and greatest. Well guess what? You want to go out and get this new car with a five six hundred dollar car note, but you're not doing what you need to do on your job to get promoted or to get raises. The only thing you're doing on your job is is complaining about uh-huh. how you know mm-hmm. how everybody else get raises or you know you get pennies to the dollar. That you know that mentality, like that mentality right there. Keeps us where we are. It keeps us. I'm gonna right tell you something else that keeps us where we at. I, I saw paperwork. Focus brand. I got. I wanted me a Hellcat. Someone bought me a Hellcat. Cool. Good for you. But when you look up there, you see you got like a 28 percent interest, and your car note like 1100 dollars. And the only thing I could think is, what the hell, cat? Like. What? Eleven hundred dollars for a car note. Mm-hmm. For a Dodge. No. Listen, what is man. a Hellcat? It's just a Charger. Mm-hmm. A souped up Charger. Or a Challenger, one of them. But either way it goes, that's all it is. And I tell you, in my opinion, and you know, I'm not a car enthusiast. But it ain't worth paying eleven hundred dollars a month for. Ain't no car worth that. You can't drive itself. Yeah, even exactly. if you can, I, I, I want, I want, a, I want a living show for for that kind of money. I want somebody yeah. I can talk to when we when we stuck in traffic. <laughs> you know what I mean for that kind of money. Right. Get you a big old house bus, as our son call them. With a driver, don't forget that part. Don't leave that part out. Again, <laughs> I need somebody to talk to me while we stuck in traffic, because we know how the Georgia traffic is. But right. see, and that's the thing that you know you you doing more, you want more, you doing more, you doing the most, and you you know you ain't got a pot to piss in and want to throw it out. So who you doing this for? Cars aren't investments. Cars. I know, but who are you doing the cause? My question. 
But see, that's the thing. You know, they, they don't know. you you got to educate yourself. When you go and you fill out any type of paperwork, when you list a car note, it is a liability. It is not an asset. You do not grow, you cannot earn equity in a car. As a matter of fact, it depreciates. It does. The moment people you don't really know that. They, they think, and I've heard some people say, yeah, it was a good investment. Car isn't an investment. Like, it made me want to say, what are you talking about? A car is not an investment, dude. It's a liability. So don't don't go out here and spend $1,100 a month on a car because you will never get it back. It's money wasted. But if you're spending $1,100 a month on a mortgage, then guess what? That is an asset. That is equity. It generates or it, it adds to your portfolio. It adds to your net worth. Yes, you're right. Doc. We won't want to talk about that, though. No, we won't want to talk about it just yet. Hold on. Doc, I'm almost ashamed at the person who would write you a a car note for $1,100. What's your thoughts about that, man? And again, who you putting on for? (laughs) It's funny because I had the same conversation with one of my uh, friends from undergrad. I was talking to him. I was on the way to a store, and he was like, oh, well, since you got a good job and everything, now you need to go buy you a new car. You had that car for a while. And I was like, why? He's like, because you got a better job now. I was like, um, but my car is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It works good. I can take this thing on the highway, go anywhere I want. I have no issues, no problems. Why am I going to buy a new car for? He's like, because you're supposed to. I'm like, why am I supposed to? He's like, because you got a good job. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me to go buy a new car just because I got a better job when there's nothing wrong with the car I have. I like the car is paid for. I like I got other things I'm trying to do. And buying a car is not one of them. I like there's a lot of projects I'm trying to do for my house and things of that nature. I like why am I going to buy a car and for who? And and, right. and he was just like, because you should have one because it should match, because you got a better job. It should match you having a good job and having a better car. Like, let's quickly say, it's the mentality. And we kind of had an argument because I was like, what you're saying is not making sense. And me going to buy a car just does not make sense at all for you. And just say that doesn't make sense. And it still doesn't make sense. And I think it's the mentality that we feel that a car or, or something of that nature shows that we have arrived. But like we talked about, a car doesn't appreciate and depreciates in value as soon as you drive it off the lot. So you're mm-hmm. buying this expensive car. You have a high car note. You might not even have your own place, but you got this expensive car, this expensive car note. Who are you showing off for? And mm-hmm. is it for you or is it for other people? Because like, like we talked about, if you want a good car, something that can, like the old folks say, something that gets you from point A to point B, with no issues and no problem, that's what you need until you get to a place where you're able to get something that you can't afford that is reliable. But why put yourself in a financial burden when there's other things you probably need to take care of on your own? It's all about your priorities. 
I don't understand priorities. If your priority is like, I got a good job, let me go get a car, but you still having some living situations that you might want to address first, your priorities need to be kind of put in a different perspective. And if you don't know how to do it personally, <laughs> you can pray and ask for some guidance on making decisions. And sometimes we rush into decisions or people may rush into decisions because they feel pressure to get this, get that, because people say I should have this. People say I should have that. Who are these people? And if these people aren't going to be the ones paying your bills, if these people aren't going to be the ones giving you money to pay this car note, then why are you doing things based on what people are telling you need to do rather than you focusing on what do I need to do for me? Because the people ain't going to help you. They can tell you everything in the moon that you need to get for yourself to make yourself look good or to impress them so they could talk about you. But at the end of the day, they ain't bringing the finances to the table to help you sustain none of this. Mm-mm. And, so and I bet you that these people that, that you're trying to impress, you've never even seen. They're probably on, you know, on social media. You know what I mean? Yo, yeah. That's and truth be told, they probably on social media lying about what they doing. Perpetrating. You trying to keep up? That's it. That's it. But I don't. I, and to your point, twin, I don't think that um, that your car should should match your your position. I think your car should match your situation. You dig? Bingo. If you're a single, mm-hmm. if you're a single man, you can get it right. You can. Hey, you can do a coupe. Mm-hmm. Hey, matter of fact, you do one of them little. Of, well, if you was a small man, you could do one of them little smart cars. But you know, for us, uh, big bone people, we can't do one of them little smart cars. No, no. But the fact, but the fact, but the, the truth of the matter is, if you have, you know, three or four kids, you probably need to find something that's comfortable to seat all yourself and those three and four kids. A coupe might not work for you, but because I ha- I'm, I'm in this. This, this VP position, I gotta go get him a Porsche, a Porsche boxer, boxer, whatever the hell it's called. And again, to whom standards? You, you see what I mean? Like, we gotta stay within our situation and what's comfortable for us, versus going out to 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 try to satisfy somebody else. Because once again, these are the same people who, you know, you work at Burger King, but you're trying to go get you. A phantom, you know, you, you want to do the most on, on on a little bit of time, you know. You you want, like I said, you want to be the VP, but you got a seasonal work ethic. You know what I mean? That that ain't that ain't mm-hmm. that, don't, that don't match. That just doesn't match. That's right. And let's I think take this time to get... bring Pastor in. Hold on, Miss Quick. Let's let's uh, introduce Pastor to the line, and you go ahead and and make your statement. I just Pastor. Welcome. Good evening to everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Go ahead, Miss Quick. I want to hear this. Oh, okay. I think that, you know, is we, we sit and we want, 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 and I, we don't realize that first our mindset has to change. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if, if you have the mindset, that $1,100 in a car note is okay simply because you wanted a Hellcat and don't realize that you're being ripped off, 
um, God ain't gonna give you more because you're not being as, you're not being a good steward of the small stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you you got your little smart car and you know a little or a little Prius, you know where you saving on gas money and and some other stuff, and your car note two hundred dollars, it's okay. I can give you a little bit more. You know, so it's one of those. Let me change your mindset first because you can't even handle the more that you're asking for. You know, you like you said, you working at Burger King and you want and and trying to buy a phantom. Like, who? Where they do that at? You know, so well, it's about first. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. <laughs> no, I was just about to say. Well, you know, but the first, right? Go ahead. Yeah. It's about, you know, changing your mindset. You know, you want more. But, again, just like Twin and you always said before, it's about being appreciative over the little things you do have. Drive that effort when you've got those crank windows and, you know, go to your job faithfully on time. And maybe God will say, you know what, all right, you've been faithful to Kroger, you've been faithful to the cashier, let me go ahead and move you to a supervisor position and, you know, give you some employees to work for, or give some give you some employees that work for you. That's a promotion, you know, but you're not thinking on that level. No. No, because nobody posts on Instagram that they work at Kroger. <laughs> I mean, get me right or from wrong. I ain't never seen nobody on there say they work for Krispy Kreme. You right. Or or everybody always, if they got a job, you know what I mean. They got their cert, certain certain tie on. If they got a job, they got a certain tie on with overalls up under. Hey, that's only a certain tie for the picture. Listen. I told you I went to a cigar spot and the guy was trying. They out there and they, you know, rented cars and they suits and all this here. And all the conversation is about, you know, uh, entry level situations. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me you out here in this damn three piece suit and and you entry level cars? Like, ah, uh, that makes zero well, yeah. sense. I but think that we, on, you know, we have to learn. Well, the, and see, that's the thing. You know, we have to learn, and, and I don't know, maybe this is a, a part of something that we have to learn or start teaching our children as parents. But the key is, not that don't, you don't live at or above your means. You live below. Just because that's how you build wealth to the point where you are leaving um, let me say this, financial wealth for generations. You don't, just because you make $100,000, you don't mean all your bills got to cost you $100,000 a year. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it, and, and then it's about being smart. Like, where do you want to put your money? Do you want to put $1,100 a month in a car note, or would you like to put $300 in, in a car note and turn around and put that other eight and a CD or an education 529 plan or, you know what I mean, or a mortgage. You know, like, we can make better decisions. And I guess that teaching starts 
you know, again, with, with those who have children, as, you know what I mean, as we bring them up. I agree. Doc, what's your thoughts about what Ms. Quick just said? I agree with everything she was saying. And and one thing that popped out to me is while she was talking regarding the mentality of people um, and social media, like y'all were talking about, I think you're in the age where people have a social media kind of mentality, where it is that they are seeking approval of everything to other people. Uh-oh. So they are dressing to see mm-hmm. what other people say, how they look. They are trying to, I guess, uh, sometimes walking by a nice vehicle, oh, let me take a picture with this car to see what people say. And maybe I'll try to get this car so they can act like it's mine to, you know, have people mm-hmm. like my post, have people say nice things about me. And I think the mentality is, well, let me get from here to there so that others mm-hmm. can applaud me. Others can boost my ego, boost my uh, mentality, boost everything about me and make me feel good. But at the end of the day, you're still an empty vessel because you're basing your uh, support system, your thoughts about yourself on what other people think rather than you basing on what you see yourself. And you can only do that if you take the time to learn about you so that you don't have to worry if people don't pat you on the back, if people don't give you compliments, if people don't say good job, you know who you are and you know who your God is. As long as you follow in the path that you need to follow, it doesn't matter if they say good job. It doesn't matter if they say you did great today, uh, let's do this, let's do that. You keep showing up and doing what you have to do. Like the word mm-hmm. said, you take one step, God will take two steps. If you continue doing what you have to do, God will take care of the rest. But if your mm-hmm. mentality is focused on pleasing other people and not pleasing God, then there's a reason why you can't, there's a reason why you can't handle what you have right now. You don't appreciate what you have right now because if people are not appreciating what you have right now, then you're not going to appreciate it. But if you know that your appreciation is from what God has blessed you with and you know that God blessed you with it and you appreciate it and you take care of it, God blessed me with my car. That was my first ever brand-new car, and I still got it now. I washed my car. I got factory rims on it, but I shine the thing. Like, I got expensive rims on my car. I have that thing shining looking good because I'm like, God, I'm taking care of what you blessed me with so that when you do bless me with that next car that is better or that I'm able to handle it, but I'm letting you know that I'm appreciating what I have now. You bless me with this house, I'm going to clean this house. I'm going to keep things done. I'm going to keep everything clean because if you mm-hmm. bless me with better, bless me with bigger, I'm showing you how much I appreciate it because I'm taking care of what you blessed me with. And it's not based upon mm-hmm. what other people think. It's what I know that God has blessed me with. It's that I know that I am appreciative of it, and I'm showing him through my actions that I appreciate it. Like I said, God can't bless you with more if you're not taking care of what you have right now. You can't mm-hmm. get to $100,000 if you can't even hold on to $1,000 in one day you're spending it willy-nilly. How's he going to bless you with more money because you're not being a good steward of that small that he's giving you right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now, let me tell you, it's two things I'm going to say that I'm, I'm going to pass it on back in. When it when uh, 
one, I don't, I can't seek approval from man because man can't give me, he can't make me, he can't take me. You dig? That's that's all God. So for me to to go around here and try to try to seek validation from a man, uh, shit, you're a man like I am. Hell, you, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing you can do for me. And two, as far as you know, being being the good steward over the small stuff, and and I love that you say you know because he blessed you with it. So you're going to show him that I'm I'm grateful. You know, when you won that first trophy, you polished that thing up every chance you got until you won another one. You, you see what I mean? And that's and that's what we're supposed to do. Period. And that's in every aspect of our lives. Pastor, what's your thoughts? Hey man, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are dead on it. I mean, um, there's a scripture that supports what you guys were just saying, you know, about being faithful. And uh, the Lord literally uh, told one man, He said, Well done, um, a faithful servant. You've been faithful over the few things, and I'll make you rule over the many. Uh, he had many available to him all the time, but he had to prove that he was willing to. Uh, as he said, wash that car and shine those rims. Uh, you know, he, he had to see, are you going to take care of the apartment? If you're not going to take care of the apartment, no need for me giving you a house. You know, if you can't mm-hmm. handle the little problem, then you're not ready for the next level because, you know, with the next level comes bigger problems. So if you if you can't handle if you quit as soon as somebody say something negative um, against you, you're not ready for what God has for you. And uh, the one thing that I I do want to, and this is just, I guess, personal, uh, and it's probably not always accurate, but it's it's personal for me. Uh, I don't think that, um, or as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you've got time to be on social media and and floss and shine for everybody else, I don't want you on my team. And the reason I say Mm. because that's time you should be grinding. You know, you, you mm-hmm. if you're trying to show it to somebody, no, I don't need you. I I just don't need you. I need you to go get it because there's always, mm. while you're out there doing that, you're wasting the most valuable thing that we have, and that's time. If you're spending mm-hmm. six hours a day on social media, that's six hours a day we could have been, you know, nourishing a new idea or reaching out to, 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 to somebody else. So I guess to me it just boils down to this. This thing, you know, I ask myself from time to time, you know, how bad do I really want this? I mean, do I want it bad enough to go through the headache, the aggravation? Do I want it bad enough to uh, deny myself? You know, do I want it bad enough to just separate from everybody else because everybody don't know how bad I want it? And if they don't want it as bad as I do, they're just going to slow me down. So I ask myself, how bad do you really want this? Did I want did I want the wife that I have bad enough to leave all the other women alone? Did I want, you know, the promotion on the job to come in early, as you said, at, 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 at uh, um, Krispy Kreme or wherever, Kroger? You know, do I, want, do I want that promotion bad enough to go out here and act like I'm the CEO of Kroger and all I'm doing is picking up carts out the the yard? Do I really want it bad enough? You know, there's a man uh, – Matter of fact, he's passed away now, but um, there's a restaurant in a little town called Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's called Beacon Diner. You can actually Google it, and uh, 
There's a man there that he's been at before he passed away. He had been working at his restaurant for, um, I'm going to say, at least 35, 40 years. And uh, he didn't have a lot of education. He was legally blind. Uh, and But he stood at the door. His shoes would be clean, and he would take your order. He couldn't write it down. He couldn't run a register. He would sit there. You come in. You tell him what you wanted. You look on the menu. Tell him what you wanted, and he would yell it out you know, to the to the cooks. And every time you come in, he'd greet you, and he'd holler, call it, and his name was J.C. And uh, I got a chance to sit and talk to this man. And literally, I asked him, you know, why do you keep doing this? What is it that makes you so happy doing this? And uh, he said, well, this is what God gave me. I got to use what God gave me. He said, I got a voice, and I got a personality. He said, but with this voice and this personality and the opportunity that I've been given, he said, I've been able to put all three of my daughters through college. Y'all not talking hmm. to him. The man wasn't making that much money, but he took those lemons. He made lemonade, lemon pie, and lemon chips. And that's what that's what I mean about how bad you really want. You want it bad enough. You don't complain about what you don't have. You use what God has given you. And that's what this man uh-huh. has done. He's, he's, a, he's an icon in that area. Uh, when he passed away, literally, literally, um, mayors, governors, all kind of people was coming to this guy's uh, funeral. So, you know, uh, he said he didn't see people. President Bush came in there once, and because he couldn't see, really legally see him, he didn't know who he was. He treated him like everybody else. And that was the good thing about his blindness that he loved. He said it enables me to treat everybody the same. So, y'all, you oh. got to ask yourself sometime, you know, how bad do I want it? Do I want it bad enough to just take what I got and say, you know what, God, I want everything you got for me. I don't want, you know, um, my goal, my goal, and I pray this is not soon, but my goal is to die completely empty. I want to take everything I got and, 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 and put it on the next generation, lay it on my kids to where, you know, they won't have the struggle. They won't have to, you know, they won't have my struggle. They have their own, but I want to die completely empty. I want to make sure that I've done everything God intended for me to do, go everywhere intended for me to go, say everything he's intended for me to say. And I'm way behind the eight ball right now. I got a lot of work to do. That's what my goal is. So whatever he's got for me, Lord, give it to me. But he's not going to give it. He makes it available, and I got to go get it. So, again, I have to ask myself, how bad do I want it? And I want it bad enough to where, uh, you know what, I got to be different. I can't do it like you. I got to do it the way God wants me to do it. I can't wait on you to pat me on the back. I don't need your attaboy. Uh I don't need your approval. I don't even need your help. You don't want to give it to me because when you're doing Uh it the right way, God will put the right people in your path to get that thing done. So uh, if it's a God thing, man, let me tell you something. You'll take that car that my brother was talking about, and you'll shine those rims up, and before you know it, people will start wanting to buy the rims if nothing else, you know. But you've mm-hmm. got to take care of what God gives you. And the most valuable thing he blesses you with is your time, and you got to use that wisely. Oh, show you right. Show you right. Listen, man, you said some. Keep, 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 keep your out of boys. Keep your accolades. You know what I mean? I'm yes, going to sir. get mine. You dig? And, and truthfully, now that God has blessed me with, with a family, a wife and kids, I ain't even going to get it for me. I'm going to get it for them. And and all the experience that I've gone through, listen, I'm going to give it until it's gone. Like you said, I'm going to be empty. 
I'm giving it all away. All, hey, the game is to be told, not sold, you dig? I'm giving it away. That's what that's a little old school player talk if y'all ain't catch on to that. Oh, I got you. I got oh, I got you. Bubble. That's, that's, yeah, that's bubble speaking in you right there. Oh, oh, you better know who it is, bro. Bubba. I'm talking about oh, yeah. no Insta, no Instagram, no social media, straight that's bubble. Right. I mean, if I, right. I I would carry a rotary phone in my pocket. You heard me? I don't need no smartphone. Just give me my good old. Hey, I see y'all when I get there. <laughs> Bubble. That's it. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts about what uh what Pastor was just saying? Which I love by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with y'all. You know, shoot I, you know me, I take me a dial up phone, you know, rotary phone, dial up phone and a house phone. Hey. And and get down. Yep. <laughs> so we'll be your grandma be the only two with landlines and we'd be the only two, you know, with with no other issues. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that people fail to realize too. You know, one thing pastors like to say, to whom much is given, much is required. You know what I mean? So and and as I think Biggie said, more money, more problems. If you can't handle these small situations that Pastor was just talking about, you're not going to handle these problems. You don't want these problems. As young people say, the smoke, you don't want the smoke? Yeah, you don't want that smoke, bro, because people don't realize that you're so busy looking at where I'm at now. You're just looking at the outside. You don't know how, how these gears are turning and smoking because they need to be oiled, but I ain't got time to oil them because I'm too busy trying to go and get it. They don't know that part. So, Twin, help me out, man. Help me out. I'm I'm just disgusted. Help me out. Uh, you're good, Twin. Uh, first, Pastor, I want to say that I do know the Beacon. I'm from Spartanburg, South Carolina, so I've been to the Beacon <laughs> plenty of times, so I do know the person you're referring to. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, All that's right. history right there. Definitely love that. <laughs> but I uh, also agree with everything you said, too, you know. It's like it's like you said, how bad do you really want it? And if you want it bad enough, start by mastering where God has placed you at. Master that skill set first. And like you said, if you're on the line cooking at Burger King or something like that, master learn how to cook a burger. I mean, you can't want to be in leadership and you burning the burgers up. How are you going to teach somebody else how to cook a burger or cook food <laughs> on the grill? You don't even know how to work a yourself. <laughs> Flipping without breaking it. You know, so that's the way you're at first before you try to have aspirations of getting to the next level of being VP. You can't even teach somebody how to how to cook on the grill, how to go clean the toilet, how to work a register. I mean, master everything you can at the level that you are so that when you get to the next level, you can train other people. And that's what's happened to me throughout my progression. Um, like I said, I've started working insurance in 11th grade. I started in the mailroom after school, leaving high school, going to work at an insurance company, just filing papers. Started from there. Moved to, okay, well, since you're here, start answering phones, answer phone calls. She gave me little pointers on how to answer phone calls, how to look up people's policies, how to take payments, 
Next thing you know, she got me licensed to start giving the auto quotes and life insurance quotes. And that began a career in insurance, but I started in the mailroom. And there were people mad at a high schooler. Why he get in the office? Why he's in there? Well, how, how can he get in there? Can I get in his office? And she would tell him, no. He know what he's doing. People that started working after were mad at me because I was younger, and I had an office in there during the summertime to do work for her. And they were upset with me. And I'm like, God placed me here, so, hey, it is what it is. And when God is blessing you and progressing you, you got to understand, people ain't going to always like to see you getting blessed. People ain't going to always like to see you getting promoted. So you just got to understand to look, learn, and see who really is for you, who's against you, who really, who really is trying to block you from certain things. Because sometimes people may not show their true colors until you get that promotion. Because then they start feeling jealous. Oh, you came in after me. How are you getting promoted before I get promoted? And I've been here longer than you. Who are you to be promoted? But when God handles in it and you got favor in your life, ain't nothing they can really do about it anyway. And like you say, for the people who are posting things on social media and things like that, Bible say, if you do things in secretly, God will reward you openly. If you're doing things openly in order to get seen and to get noticed, then guess what? Your reward is people giving you compliments on social media. So don't be now looking for God to give you those things because you already got your reward. But when you're hustling and you're really doing the work that you're trying to do and you're not trying to boast it in front of nobody's face, and you just like, God, you keep leading and guiding me and directing me and help me get through this and navigate this, then God can reward you openly with the position, with the car, with the house, with this and with that. Because at the end of the day, he knows that if you're not going to take the glory for yourself, you're going to give the glory to him because you know who actually got you here. And like I said, it all depends on how bad do you want it. Do you want it bad enough for you that you know to lean on God to get you through it? Or do you want it to please other people. That's the choice that people got to make. And you want it for yourself to give God the glory, or you want it so people can give you the glory. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now I got a question. You made some y'all made mention of something earlier about, you know, a woman wanna you know, uh, I think Miss Quick made this comment about a woman the wife. But I'm 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 gonna comment on that right now because God God blesses all and, and you know, we all talk about uh, I want a good wife or a good husband, but you're not even a good woman or a good man, first and foremost. And then two, um, how can you want more but do less? How can you want a husband or be a wife if you run around here talking about you're a bad bitch? Now, I need y'all to help me out with that because, see, I, 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 I thought a bitch was a dog, a female dog, and I don't do dogs. And I don't want a bitch. That's why I got Miss Quick. I got a woman. Got a wife. Got a queen. Pastor, help me out. How does help me make sense of that? I know you don't do social media, so you probably don't understand that concept. But you understand the foundation of what I'm saying. Look, man, uh, I I I wish I could uh, tell you exactly why it's being done that way, but. Um, I can't. I don't know why or how someone would uh, want something but not be willing to do what's necessary to get it. I mean, there's a lot of folk out there that you know they, they see that next level. They can they can actually see it 
and they just want it. They they don't want it. They don't want to work for it though. You know, they just they see it. That would be nice. You know, uh, yeah, I'd like to go to Hawaii on vacation. I really would, but uh, do I want it bad enough to you know to save my money and and make the necessary sacrifices to to get there and everything? And that's the way a lot of us are. You know, I, you know, I'm not. I'll say all across the board, but you know, my race of folk at least. A lot of times, man, we get so caught up in wanting something, feel like we are owed something, but, you know, we're not doing anything to get it. And I'll give you one Bible story. The Bible talks about a man that was um, had an issue, had a problem for, I think it was 38 years, and he was laying by a pool, and the, the word had gotten out that whoever jumps in this pool will be healed. And literally, he waited. And he had been waiting for 38 years, and only one person per year was was healed. So he watched 38 people healed, wasted 38 years of his life. Jesus sitting right over there looking at him. So Jesus walked up and asked the man, said, do you want this? Do you want to be made whole? And the man started saying, won't nobody help me? Uh, Every time I get ready to get in the water, somebody steps in front of me. He starts talking about all this stuff. The Lord just told him, said, look, if you want it, then... Take up your bed and walk. Get up and do something for yourself. Jesus didn't help him up. You know, this man was right by the pool, but he's complaining that nobody would help him in the pool. And in reality, he didn't need the pool. He needed to get up and use what God had already given him, which was his leg. Somebody down the line told him that, you know, that's not the way you did things. You do it a certain way. And so I don't know if we've been misinformed. I don't know if we've gotten lazy, but most of us are just, we're right at our blessing. We're at right where we need to be. But we got to get up and put the work in. This man that had been laying there all that time, Jesus never even extended a hand. He never helped him up. He told him, you get up. You get up and you take that bed that you're laying on and put it on your shoulder and just go. That's all you got to do. So a lot of people, they, they, they see that something can be done but they're not willing to put in the work to get it. Man, listen, um, God has given everybody a gift, a talent, an ability, and opportunity. The question is, are we going to take full advantage of it? So we can sit around and, and cry about our 40 acres and our mule, but my question is, if he gave you 40 acres and a mule right now, most of us would, would be scared of the mule. We wouldn't know how to work the 40 acres. So now what are you going to do then? You know, so you, you're sitting here crying with a loaf of bread under your arm. Get up and do something. The Bible says, man, it don't work. Don't eat, you know. And, you know, you, you've got to get up. and you got to get up. It's about the grind. Like the brother just said, okay, maybe you're not the president of the insurance company, but you're, in this, you're working for the company. You're sweeping the floor. Well, now you got a shot. You got a shot. It may not seem like much of a shot, but you're in there now. So now guess what? Work your way up. So now you're doing that. You've been sweeping around the phone cord. The phone's ringing. Go ahead. They tell you to answer. Answer it. Answer it like somebody. Take the notes the way you're supposed to make. Take them. And before you know it, promotion comes your way, and you've got a career there. And that's what that's what it's all about. We don't want to uh, uh, start at the bottom. We don't want to start at the bottom. We want we want the top. We feel like we deserve to be there. And man, listen, don't ever try to place yourself somewhere that God didn't put you because you can't stay. 
That's the only way you're going to stand is that you have to do it God's way. And God said, I'll order, listen to this, I'll order your steps, which means I'm not just going to raise you up to the top. You know, I didn't become pastor of this church, which really ain't no great title, but I didn't become pastor of the church. I was I was an usher. God helped me. Uh, this quick, I was even on the choir. Couldn't sing a lick, but I was on the choir. <laughs> I was a trustee. I was on the financial routine there. Did all that stuff. And it's like, you know, I taught the youth. Um, I did vacation Bible school. I did all these things. So now guess what? When it is time for me to become pastor, whenever they're having trouble with the door, when they're having trouble with the vacation Bible school, when they're having trouble with the, the steeple or whatever, I can say, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that, got that. You know, and that's what it's all about. We don't want God to order our steps. We want God to order us, you know, to the top. And that's not the way things work, man. So uh, if you're just talking about where you are and why you don't have it, I ain't trying to hear that, man. I love you, but. I'm not trying to hear that. I need some folks just ready to go get this thing. You don't want a guy to order your stuff. You want him to order your position, huh? Yes, sir. That's the way put you, it works. Put you right on in there. I order your steps, which means it might be slow going. But can you be faithful at every step, you know? Miss Quick, let's talk about, let's talk about you know, the, the progress. Let's, let's talk about that, you know, when, like I was just saying, how, you not preparing yourself for that for that level or for that um, the place you're trying to get to. You're not preparing yourself for that corner office. As twins say, starting from the mail room or what have you, or you know, you dropped out of school at eighth grade and you go and you get complacent right there. And you know, let's talk about that part. Give me some insight on that. I, I think the one of the key things to remember is. You know, if, if everybody in the church is a pastor, then what are we all doing? Like, so if everybody starts out as pastor, then you have no deacons, you have no board, you have no usher, you have no financial team, you have no one working on these people, you have no one vacuuming the carpet. So what are we all doing? I think you have to remember what people, we have to remember that, there's a job for everybody. There's a purpose for everybody. And if I'm reaching a pastor's purpose, then I'm going to miss my own. If I'm preparing to be a pastor, regardless of whether that's a calling or not, if I'm preparing to be a pastor, and I should probably really be teaching children, then not only am I missing my blessing, but the children may be missing out on the blessing as well. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, when, you, when, when we're stepping out uh, of order and we're walking, we're not stopping to, to think that, you know, maybe I can't do that job. You know, it's, so it's not only about wanting a job and preparing for it. You may really not be able to do the job. You think you can, too. I think I can do all the other things, but that don't mean I'm supposed to do it or I'm going to get out here and do it. So, it's about accepting the calling or the blessing or accepting the gift that God gave you and doing that to the best of your ability. If 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 the best I can do is teach math, then 
that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go and try and be a principal because all I can do is teach math. So with that, I can move up as far as teaching, you know, grades, so forth and so on, or even maybe a, a college professor. But I'm not going to go and try to be the dean because that's not what I'm supposed to do. So we have to be willing to accept what we're supposed to be and the job that we're supposed to do before we sit back and, and walk the office window. Well, or the corner listen, office. Listen, somebody got to watch the windows, you dig? Hey, yeah. My personality, my personality is not that one that's gonna be in the cubicle, so I might need to be out there on the grounds. I'm perfectly fine with that. I know my role. Twin, you you know since you got your new corner office, tell us about that part, the process. And like I said, like I said, it's all about the process. Um, starting from the bottom, but being appreciative. Along the whole entire journey, um, being appreciative that you got your foot in the door, you know, and, and and then once your foot is in the door, it's up to you to take with it and run with it as fast as you want to run with it. I mean, God has allowed the door to open. Utilize it. Um, do the, like I said, wherever you're at, be the best at that job, that title, what you're doing. And if you're doing that, God can take the rest, but it's just one thing just about noticing and appreciating where you are, but wanting to master that. Where I am right now in the company, when I started here five years ago, I didn't expect to be here, you know, with this title. I didn't even know this particular title even existed uh, with being a adjuster, but it does. And uh, to say the least, I was fast-tracked. It was, but it was God doing. God placed an angel at the company who was like a guardian angel. My mom always called my manager, who I was put underneath once I started, a guardian angel for me. And when I started with the company, she taught me how to be an adjuster. And when she got promoted to another position, she promoted me every single time. And me being a new person, it was just, Wherever she got promoted, okay, Ray, I'm promoting you right along with me. If I go up, you're going to go up too. And it was a blessing. I was appreciative. I was humble. But every step of promotion I got, I worked my tail off. I tried to learn everything. Uh, tried to, I was like a sponge. Let me learn and be the best I can be. I'm not going in here thinking I know everything. I'm going in here willing to learn, willing to understand, willing to uh, get the process down, understand the process, uh, learning how to to master where I'm at. And with me just focusing on me and making sure I'm good and making sure I'm doing what I need to do, the Lord was able to work on the backside and carry me through the whole process and carry me through the whole journey so that when the, when the top manager was like, hey, I need somebody, she put my name in for a referral sake. He would be good to go on your team. And never worked with the manager before. Didn't really even have to interview for the position. They gave me the title. They gave me the position. And and to and of course, people were jealous along the way. When I got to the position I am right now, there was a coworker say, Well, how'd he get here? I've been doing this over twenty something years. 
He only been here doing this for five years. How did he get this position? And I didn't say anything. Because at the end of the day, it ain't about me uh, verifying or validating anything to you. Because who are you? In my mind, said to validate anything to. Um, you know, it ain't about me getting your validation as my coworker. It's about God don't work this out. God done bless me with this title. Thank you, Lord. If you got a problem with it, you just got to have a problem with it because I'm here. And God put me here. Unless God moved me out of this position, it doesn't matter. And as time went on, she ended up leaving the company, and yet I'm still here. So, like I said, don't put validation in what people. Don't don't try to people please people along your process and journey. Stay humble. Let God work things out. But as long as you put the work in, God can do God can give you favor that can blow your mind and put you in places and positions that your mindset cannot even think about being put into. Oh, man. Listen, Pastor, this this sounds like a conversation we had yesterday, huh? Identical, man. This brother's been eavesdropping, that's for sure. He's been ear hustling, ain't a man. I've been thinking the whole time. But so (laughs) I'm not, I don't want to be the pastor, you know. Um, my job is probably to keep the pastor's car clean. You dig? I might be out there washing the car. So tell us about the journey, man. Pastor, tell us about the journey. Well, obviously, it's more important than um, the destination. I mean, des- destiny and destination means I've come to a, a stop, a halt. You know, I don't have to learn anything, but the journey is where you learn. The journey is where you empowered to be able to teach, you know, others. And um, he just said something about, you know, he was like a sponge. He was soaking it up. You know, there's two mentalities on, you know, when you get on the journey. One is give me, and the other one is show me, you know, and give me people, you know, they're a dime a dozen. Just give it to me, give it to me, give it. But the show me people is show me how you did that. Show me how I'm supposed to do that. You know, and if you ever can get somebody to show you, now you can go reproduce it. And uh, make it even better. So that journey, man, that grind, don't take nothing for that grind, man. That grind is is what it takes right there. Because when you get there, you know um, that it was God that did it. Because most folk won't stay faithful on the journey. They just just Mm. won't. It's too uh, strenuous for them. The the journey will wear you out, you know. And I mean anything. I don't care, man, if it's... uh, Sports. I don't care if it's ministry. I don't care if it's owning a business. I don't care if it's being a mother or being a father. I don't care if it's being a uh, an obedient child. You, the journey, man, is, is is something else. The journey is something else, you know. But the reward of it, the benefit of it, oh, my God, man, it's, it's nothing like it. So, yeah, I'd rather be. I mean, now I say that there was a time I had to get just give just give me I just just give it to me just take my pain away you know waiting on my you know uh, uh, like a lot of women waiting on my uh, knight in shining armor to come and take me away no let me get in here and grind let me make myself you know uh, the Bible says he didn't find it a wife find it a good thing if I'm not carrying myself like a wife then I shouldn't expect to be found. So, you know, you, it's Uh-oh. a journey, man. It's about doing what you're supposed to do, you know, along the way because that's what empowers us. That's what keeps us. That's what prepares us for the destiny. 
Oh, man, you said some man, because I can honestly say Miss Quick has carried herself the same way from day one to the same day. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You got to step in it. The journey. The journey. Not the destination, the journey. Um, no. We was talking. We was talking last night, and and you asked me about, you know, how other people would perceive, and and I, and all I told you was, you know, it's God. You know, I can care less about how somebody feel about what I do or how I do or what I do. You know, as long as it honors God and make my family proud and promote my business, none that really matters. You dig? And I think that if, uh, and I'm not saying that my mindset is right. That's my mindset. But I think if some people value things above themselves, um, things would be a lot easier for them versus, you know, trying to trying to get validation from strangers, you know, or somebody who's, or, or and, and truthfully, I believe it's just a distraction. Um, maybe it's a distraction from their real problems. There's their way of masking or self-medicating, if you will. I think there's a lot of greater problems, but I believe that at the end of the day, um, God didn't put you here for you. He put you here to serve others. And I believe in serving him and serving my family and serving my business is, is mine. But the journey for me to get here, <laughs> the journey for me to get here and, and Pastor, you know, just from eight years ago, the journey. I mean, I finally saw the maturation in it and mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it along the way. Um Definitely. and I'm actually proud of it. I'm 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 saying I'm I'm proud, uh to the point where I actually tuned in to service while working Sunday, like proud. Um, <laughs> so the journey, that's all, like I say, man, the journey, uh, just to get us here. That's all I want to say about all that is the journey. And all y'all who have been, you know, riding with me in this entire process, it's been a hell of a ride, but, it was a good journey. <laughs> What's, your, yes, laughing? What's your thoughts, man? No, I'm just, um, you know, you, you talk about eight years ago and, and all of that. And um, to see where you are now, you you weren't a bad person then. You you know, you, you were still you. But to see how God has molded you and shaped you and remolded you and cut some things away and added some things and given you uh, wisdom uh, is amazing. It is, it is it is absolutely amazing to see God put you on what he calls his potter's wheel and remake you uh, is, is absolutely amazing. And to see you stand there and let him do it. You know, a lot of folk, again, um, they're not willing to go through the process, but uh, you were, you know. You know, you had uh, some patience. Uh, you were willing to uh, listen, willing to learn, 
and you became sensitive to, I'm not talking about willing to learn from me, but you were willing to learn from God. You became sensitive to his voice and his movement. Wasn't perfect along the way. Every now and then, you know, you say, hey, look, I need prayer. You didn't call and say, I need somebody to stand in agreement with me. You didn't say, I need somebody to understand me. I need prayer. And it seems like every time you would ask for prayer, uh, you would get closer to God, closer to God. And so that's why I laughed about it, man, It's just to see. Um, and, I, and I guess all of us have that story, but, man, to, to see you, your dependence, Become more and more on God is uh, is 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 amazing for me. You know, when I first met you, and you you would say something, or if if uh, the the topic of a phantom came up, then you know um, it just came up. But now, yeah, I don't think it ever scared you or anything like that. But now I think you understand. Okay, I can have a phantom mentality right now, but. I still got to stay on the grind. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, you know, you understand seasons now. I, I guess I'll say it like that. You understand seasons. You understand there's a season and a time for everything. And, um, you know, I don't see everything uh, with you, but, um, you know, I don't see you stepping outside your season very often. I'm sure it happens, but I don't see it very often because usually when you get ready to step into something, you're going to say, hey, man, I need, I need prayer concerning this, and and that's the beauty of it. You know, you you can have the right idea, but implement it at the wrong time. And so, to me, that's one of the greatest assets is that you've learned to go ahead and seek God first, um, instead of funding and instead of all this other stuff. Seek God first, and then let Him order your steps. Yeah, that's that's true. But I'm gonna tell you though. I never want to be the same person I was yesterday, you know, especially uh, in regards to my wife, you know. Uh, I don't want to pull her down. I don't want to be stagnant with her, you dig? So I'm going to try my best to grow and improve for mine, but also for her, you dig? So, um, but it's the journey. Again, it's been, it's been a heck of a ride now. And she'll tell you, because, hey, she, she reminded me Sunday. She was like, well, you, Miss Quick. I told him, I said, I was going to text you, Pastor, you know, because he was, he was inquiring. He, he called in the church, you know, listened to the service, and then he sent me the information on, you know, tithes and offerings. What? <laughs> Any any pastor who can get my husband to tell me to wow. pay, you know, how to pay tithes and offerings, man, wow. I'll tip my hat off to you. Like, that's, that's I mean, I, I understand. I hear you, you know, talking about his growth, but, I mean, you got to think he's been connected to you for quite some time for the, for the whole journey. And so... You know, that growth, he didn't grow by himself. You know, when he was calling for prayer, he was calling you. So I think that that, that also means something very special for you because my, let me tell you how many times my husband has been me to church. Once for a service. Once mm-hmm. when, we, when we came up there for a visit, you know, um, a long while ago, I think we came to, was it, uh, 
vacation Bible school one night or something like that. But once then, and then this past Sunday, it's actually that's those that are, my husband has been to church two times. Well, I, 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 he he almost attended a funeral on Sunday. Um, <laughs> Because uh, what my daughter told me, she just kept saying, look, 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 she's my little, quote-unquote, secretary on the Zoom call. And she's, you know, checking things out and giving my my messages and just informing me about things. And uh, literally, um, she kept pointing, and I'm like, what in the world? And she's mouthing something, and I can't make it out. So she goes and tells my wife, and my wife comes you know, and she's flipping out, and I'm like, "What in the world are they, you know, they talking about?" So when I finally figured out what they were saying, I'm like, "Nah, this dude is not on this call. No way in the world is he on hmm. this Zoom." And I just hmm. I saw probably all of two seconds of him, and um, twin, you'll appreciate this. He almost knocked the preach out of me. I was like, "No, this dude is not. This dude is not crazy enough." To go and put this service in his shop. This boy don't know protocol. You don't do that, you know. And I'm like, man, this is this is. Um, it was such a blessing, such an honor to see, you know, God literally using somebody. Um, and it it just it touched me in such a way that until, you know, I almost I didn't forget what I had to do, but at the same time, I'm I'm blown away by that. Yeah, I really just blown away. And when he um, said something about tithe and offering. I said, man, look, that's that's personal. I don't even know what I said. God only knows what I told him or whatever. But, you know, it's just amazing to see, you know, God work with him. So the only thing I can say, you know, I'm just being myself. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But more than anything, it's just iron sharpening iron because um, I needed this brother in my life. I needed him. Desperately, I needed him uh, because you know when you say the word pastor, it's looked upon in a, in a certain manner. And unfortunately, I guess you would say I don't fit the mold, and that's that's cool. That's okay. Uh, I've been at this for a long time now, but I don't fit the mold. But I'm not trying to fit the mold. I'm trying to please God. I'm trying to be obedient to God. And this brother was one one of the few that accepted me for who I am. We could talk about where I was, what I used to do. We could talk about the realness of life and then turn that thing and say, okay, here it is in the Bible right here. And um, and so I thank God for him. I really just thank God for him. I, I love this brother, man. I love him so much. It's just um, that just shocked me on Sunday. And really, there's not too much to shake me. I'm yeah, just what I got to do, but that really shocked me because I had no idea, no idea. So all I can say is thank you. It's not about me tonight, but I just had to share that. That was just that's amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, well, the biggest thing about the process is anybody to tell you who know me, I don't trust preachers. I don't trust all that. I, I deal with men. I'm men alone. I don't deal with titles. So for <laughs> us, you, and, and you've heard it, I'm just quick to tell you, so just to to be able to process of building a relationship with a solid foundation, 
a mutual respect from, you know, your side of the track versus my side of the track and still mm-hmm. build and come to uh, a place where, you know, or, or a position where we can just talk about it, you know, uh, without judgment, without without anything, but but love. That's the process. Everything along the way should be full of love. If it, there's no love in that process, drop it and run. Because you're wasting mm-hmm. your time. Yes, sir. That love covers it all. Believe it or not, that was the point of all that. Hey, listen. If there's no love, I felt it. Drop it around. I felt it. I, I felt it. I saw it. I experienced it for myself. And um, because you had told me, if you can imagine this quick, somebody telling you, you know, I don't trust pastors. I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't do this. I don't do that. You gotta understand when he's telling me that I'm a pastor, and he's telling me I don't trust pastors. I'm like, what do I just hang up on the dude? What What do I do? You know. But he was being real. He was being honest, and uh, I understood exactly what he was saying. I understood, you know, his pet peeves and things of that nature. And that's why on Sunday someone donated a. It was like a fifty dollar gift card, something I can't remember, but whatever it was. And and I asked the guy, I said, you know, what do you want me to do with this? He said, just bless somebody in the congregation. I said, well, okay, we're on the Zoom call. I said, well, you know, whoever calls in from the greatest distance, we'll just bless them with it. And so I had somebody monitoring the thing. And so someone came in there from Charleston, South Carolina, and different parts of North Carolina and uh, just different places. And um, uh, I messed around and got one, and when it said Alpharetta, Georgia, uh, literally uh, I was like, well, what what is this? And when I thought about who it really was, I was like, ain't no need of me trying to single him out and send no gift card because I know he don't want his name called. He don't want nothing for doing mm-hmm. whatever he's doing. So I just told him, I said, well, the winner is, and I and the, you know gave it to the lady from um, uh, Charleston because I knew him. I I knew I knew him, and uh, that meant the world to me right there also because he wasn't doing it for. A show. He wasn't doing it for attention. He wasn't doing it for anything. And uh, I could feel his presence. You know, when I say feel his presence, when somebody loves you, you know it. You know, there's some people that are there just to get what they can get, and that's cool. You know, but some people are there because they genuinely love you. They they just and I could Sunday for just a just a, just a while, man. I felt something I haven't felt in a while, and I felt you know, loved from someone other than God. And that's important to me. That's important to me because I tell you guys, I don't trust a lot of men because uh, every all the men I've trusted in my life have either hurt me or, um, you know, passed away because they were on up in the age. And uh, so, you know, well, that, that was that was special for me. That was special. It was. Well, on that note, go ahead and let us know. Uh, put the service time in. Let, plug the service in so we'll people can attend on Sunday and on Wednesday. If you don't mind. Wow, wow, man! Listen, um, <laughs> if you 
if you say so, I can I can do that, man. But like I said, it's just um, I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. But um, what do you want, the prayer line, or you want the the, the Zoom service? Let's do the service, and then we'll do the prayer line. All right. The service is Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at uh, 10 a.m. And the and this is via Zoom. And the meeting ID, you know, once you get on the Zoom, is 661-994-7444. That's six six one nine nine four one nine nine one. And the password is Calvary. C A L V A R Y. All lowercase. And that's Sunday and Wednesday. Uh we have a lot of other things, but I'll invite y'all to that. I don't know if y'all want to be a part of singles ministry and we do that via Zoom and uh, a lot of other things. But that's the that's the two main things right there. So um, man, I'd love somebody to call in every now and then. You know, that would be great. And um, and the prayer line is six p- six a.m. every morning and eleven p.m. every single night. We do it because all this COVID stuff is going on, and some people, especially my older folk, um, some of them need uh, just need prayer when they wake up and you know for their day. And then some folks actually need prayer at night before they go to sleep. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to do this, I, I got to do it. So that number is area code 605-313-4822. 605-313-4822. That's the dial-in number. And then they'll ask you for a code. And that code is one six six. So there you have it, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to getting Twin on there uh, one day. I'm I'm totally serious. I'm looking forward to getting him on there one day and speaking some truth um, one Sunday morning because I got some folk on there that's that's on the edge and they're tired of waiting, and I need him to give his uh, testimony and whatever else he want to add. I, I, I'm totally serious. I really need him to do that because, um, you know, hearing it from someone they've never heard it from, it just reinforces they expect to hear it from me, but to hear it from you um, would really make all the difference in the world. So looking forward to getting you on there too, brother. Well, you heard him. Sound like a plan. All right, Mr. Quick, yeah. Mr. Quick, y'all got a y'all got a Hold him accountable because y'all know I don't know how to get in touch with him now. So y'all gotta y'all gotta make sure y'all hold him accountable. And because uh, I want to make this happen, I don't put things off. I no, I, I pursue, and uh, I really, really that testimony blessed me so much two or three weeks ago, and it got me on fire. So uh, I'd love for him to share with others. I'll get you twin if you don't mind. I'll get past your number. There's no problem. That's fine. What? All right. Well, there you go. That's the only problem. The only problem is if he gives me the number, I'm I'm gonna call you. So, 
So you can expect to call if he if he gives me the number. You know how to No if you'll have it. You'll get it. That's after that it's on y'all. You'll have it. Oh, we gonna we gonna we gonna do this. I promise you we're gonna do this, so uh, sounds great. So said, so done. Now, Twin, I'm gonna tell you the funniest thing and Miss Quick, what y'all what he don't what he don't even know is he was he he, he prayed for the teachers and the students that's going back to school for, for this COVID thing. He kids going off to different colleges and whatever have yous. And every kid that was in the shop, eyes was closed and he was praying as well. So wow. uh when I tell you wow. that you actually like took some people some places Sunday wow. in that shop, it was mm. I almost feel like it like I don't man. know, man. Maybe my tips, maybe my tips got bigger because of you. I I don't know, or maybe I was supposed to send <laughs> some of that to the offer. I don't know, but either way it goes, man. Uh, Sunday, man, we will we will tune in, man, because uh, oh, and you even had uh, first our top, he was almost in tears. You know what I mean? So, um, you touched some people Sunday, man. Bottom hey, line, man, period. Get up. You've been you've been get touching up, me people. for eight years. You tell some people Sunday. Look, man, to God be the glory. I'm I'm simply just a vessel, and uh, it's all about him, man. He's the he's the CEO, brother. You know, he's he's that's above my pay grade right there. Uh, he says that I do it. That's the way it's supposed to go, and uh, plain and simple. But again, thank you so much, and Miss Quick, thank you for for sharing this, brother, bringing him into my life. I appreciate you, and Quick, thank you for bringing Twin into my life. I appreciate. Yeah, man, he's always got something. I like to be around positive people, man. Love it. And, um, you know, um, you ought to be around people that inspire you and people that, you know, that old saying that, that make your baby leap on the inside. So that brother makes my baby leap, man. Let me know I'm still alive. So um, looking forward to the hookup. Well, yeah, he, he's a good twin. That's all I can say. He's a good twin. Uh, he's, yeah, yeah, I ain't quite there yet, but he's a good twin. <laughs> he said you're not quite there yet. Yeah, no, I ain't quite there yet. You know, I'm, I'm on my way. It's a process. It's a process. The truth is, none of us ain't there yet, brother. So don't you worry about it. Definitely. We all on that process. Mm. Well, I'm in good company. I just, I, I, cause he don't. You know, it's a lot of things that he do. I don't. Vice versa. It's a, it's a perfect balance. Uh, but it's still a process, all the same. Uh, and I noticed that could be why you didn't ask me to come speak, man. But I understand they ain't, ain't quite there yet, you know. <laughs> we'll wait till you have that sermon under the tree. I'll be there for that oh, one. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, I'll got, be there for that one. I got some. I got some bubbles waiting for you, brother. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. With those plaid, with those plaid lumber jackets on. Yeah, man. I yeah, get it. it. I get it with that. Yeah. That, that, that pint. They have a pint in their pocket. Yeah. Let me, talk to, let me talk to my people. Let me talk to my people. <laughs> oh man, I, I tell you what, you better you you better stay ready though. You don't ever know. 
and I might give you a week's notice and say, hey, look, man, I need you to, I'm going to give you five good, strong minutes, man. I need you to step up and and, and holler at some folk, man. So uh, stay ready, brothers. Some young folks say stay woke now because you never know. Man, man listen, Tassel. <laughs> hey, bro, hey. Hey, ain't no holy oil, ain't no ain't no holy water, and y'all can still have smoke, bro. Y'all ain't ready for that. Stick the twin, Listen. I'm telling you. I, hey, stick the twin, y'all ain't ready for it. <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't nobody said that that the, the holy oil will set you free. It said truth makes you free. And mm-hmm. last, time I, last time I checked, Jesus had a disciple that was known to say some cuss words and didn't mind mm-hmm. you the sword if you had to. So, uh, yeah, for sure. you know, it, it is what it is. I need to study up on him because, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jesus ran with the thugs too, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kept, he kept a few around, you know. Well, when he get hard, he kept a few shooters around in case it got hard. I get it. Yeah, just there. You never know, man. You know. Rough out here in them streets. <laughs> you don't even want to. Look, I got to go do a drive-by, so I might have to call you anyway, brother. We going in some holes, and, you know, but, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> hey, hey, Miss Quick. Miss Quick, cancel my books. We go, we, we putting the band back together. You might, you might have to. Where we going? You might have to put the band back together, brother. We going to put the band spot. back together. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm but it is what it is, man. You know, I keep them snare drums, man. They don't put, just in case. But okay. anyhow, <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> listen, man. Tyler, this is my time for you to get ready to go do this prayer line, man. Go on the prayers out of here, man, so we can. So we can get to work, man, because we got to go ahead and spread this word, man. I got you, brother. I got you. I got you. All right. No problem. Lord, we thank you so much for uh, the close of another show. We thank you so much, God, for uh, just the ability and the opportunity and the privilege to just laugh. According to your word, laughter is even good medicine. So, God, even in the midst of all that's going on in this world, um, Yes, it brings us to tears at times, but we can still laugh because we know that you're still in charge, you're still in control. But I want to thank you for this show. It's not about blowing smoke up each other or anything like that. It's about truth. And so, God, when we hear truth, we ought to be witness to that. And, Lord, the only thing that's going to save this world is truth. It's not going to be money. It's not going to be ingenuity. It's going to be truth. You said the truth is something we ought to know, and that will make us free. So, God, help us to not only speak truth, but to live our truth. Don't let it just be something we did on this show. Let it be something that becomes a lifestyle for us. May it be exhibited on the job, in the streets, and everywhere else. So, God, thank you so much. I pray, God, that now that we're finished, that, God, we can go out now and get the rest of our body's need, but also that we can go out and live this thing. Lord, help us to continue to love one another, but most of all, help us to keep our love for you intact, and then help us to go out and spread this love and let folk know, you know, uh, this dying world know about this risen Savior. Thank you so much, God. Keep your hands on Bro Quick, his wife, twin, myself. Just keep your hands on us, God, because it's not about us. 
Lord, we want you to get the glory. And anytime you get the glory, we'll always get the benefit. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, man. Thank you all very much. Miss Quick, I love you. Thank you. Pastor, I love you. Thank you. Twin, I love you, brother. Thank you. Uh, Tonight was very was very dear to me because we talk about the process and in order for us to get what we've all gotten, we've all had to put in our respective amount of work. We didn't want more and did less. We actually did more to get where we're at right now. And we're still in the process of growing and doing better, but we know none of this will be possible without God. So everybody must remember that you must keep God factored in. Keep love factored in in order for your process and your progress to be grown. With that being said, love God, love each other, be safe, and wash your hands. Peace.
long time coming, but I know. 